Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Come on, how many of y'all are grateful for a Savior who is still healing and restoring and delivering? Somebody should shout, somebody should clap. By his stripes, we are healed. One of my favorite verses is found in Isaiah 58, 8. And it says, just as sure as the sun will rise, health, strength, and life will spring forth speedily. That just feels good. It says, the righteousness of God goes out in front of you and the glory of the Lord will overtake you and have your rear guard. God not only has your yesterday, he not only has your future, but he also has your right now. How many of y'all are grateful for a God who's never ran out on you? Come on, you woke up again today, you're breathing, which is proof that God's not done with you yet. Uh, my name is Daniel Groves, and uh, if we have not had the privilege of meeting just yet, uh, I come by way of Houston, Texas, where it is really hot. Like you have to put deodorant behind your knees, <laughs> like it's hot. And uh, Pastor Joel called and said, hey man, would you come and be a part of our new series? We'd love for you to come and bless the house. And I love Word of Life Church and I love your pastors. Can we honor your pastors right now, Pastors Joel and Peppy? Come on, incredible leaders. Now come on, you can honor them better than that. They're amazing. Grateful for their yes. I love y'all's church. I preached at Highland Colony uh, first service. I was here with y'all last service. And uh, the online campus is also joining us. Can we give a shout out to our online campus as well? Jackson, Mississippi. Man, this is some, we ate some good food last night. Y'all host really well. And so when Pastor Joel called and said, hey, would you come and uh, be a part? I said, don't you dare threaten me with a good time. Like, I'm there. Uh, I'm, I'm already in your parking lot. Let's make it happen. So uh, I said a second ago, you woke up again today, which is proof that God's not done with you yet. You've survived 100% of your worst days, and you're still standing. Come on, if somebody's next to you, just look at them and say, I'm still standing. Come on, let them know. I'm still standing. The gospel literally means the good news. And I was thinking about it last night when I was kind of buttoning up my notes, and I was thinking about the good news, because we are inundated and overwhelmed in this uh, uh, climate right now uh, of just nonstop bad news. You, you can't turn on the news, you can't turn on social media, you can't hardly have a conversation without hearing overwhelming bad news. That's why I'm so grateful for the local church. I'm so grateful for the heartbeat of heaven. I'm so grateful for pastors like Pastors Joel and Pepe who still declare, and your team that still declare that there's good news. So I thought about the good news today, and I thought about this, uh, how the ex that there are no expiration dates on the promises of God. That's good news. Uh, thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm. That's really good news. That the promises of God don't break when you lean on them. So lean on his promises in his presence today. And I also wrote down a couple other things. The good news uh, is today that God loves you. The good news is God's hand is on your life. The good news is the enemy has been defeated. That's where you should shout, come on. The good news is God has been and will remain faithful and has consistently protected you. The good news is when you were weak, God was there. The good news is when you were empty, God was there. The good news is when you were wounded, God was there. The good news is when you were in a low place, come on, how many of y'all, he rescued you from a low place, God was there. When you were stressed and overwhelmed and worn down and wore out, God was there. The good news is when you were discouraged, God was there. The good news is when friends walked away from you, God was there. And the good news is the hell that's happening around you is no match for the heaven that's inside of you. Somebody shout out loud, that's good news, come on. So I was thinking about it. Uh, last night. So I've got four kids. Let me introduce you to my family, if you don't mind. This is my, my amazing family. This is my beautiful family. Give them a hand. I know they've been watching online. I'm married so far out of my league. Like some of y'all are like, how'd that happen? Like I, I told her I had money and, uh, and uh, she stayed with me because of either my money or my looks. You guys figure that one out. Um, okay. Come on. That's a joke. That's a dig on my my looks, I got a great beard. Okay, anyways, so four amazing kids, married 17 years last month. Come on, come on, married people. 
17 years. When we first got married, true story, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we went to this mall, and uh, this mall security guard was totally eyeing me, and he started to profile me, he was following me around, and like hiding behind clothes racks, and I'm like, babe, this dude is totally following us, and she's like, I know. So I ended up kind of dipping and kind of hiding for a second, and he walked right over to my wife, and he's like, excuse me, ma'am, is that guy bothering you? And she was like, who? And he's like, that guy, and she was like, that's my husband, and you, you could tell he was like, blink twice if you're in trouble, I've been trained for this. So, Mary, way out of my league, give my family another hand, they're amazing. So when Pastor Joel called, he said, man, we're in a brand new series, he kicked it off last week called These Scars Speak, and I started thinking about it. He was unpacking the crown of thorns, and he talked about anxiety and getting peace and getting freedom in that area of your mind, and this week, we're going to be going in the direction of the, the piercing of Jesus' side, the spear that went through Jesus' side, and we're going to be unpacking and talking about matters of the heart. And I wanna encourage you, go back and, and watch week number one. Don't just be a hearer only, but go back, stay up to date, and watch week one of these scars speak, so that then uh, week two will be this week, and then we're coming back next week, and it's gonna be amazing. Pastor Joel will be in the house it's gonna be powerful, but I was thinking about it last night, how I'm fully convinced. I've got four amazing kids, and uh, whenever I teach them the word and we walk out the process of who God is and who we are as King's kids, man, I just get more and more convinced of the healing power. I'm convinced that God is still doing miracles. Come on, somebody. I'm fully convinced that breakthrough still belongs to us. I'm fully convinced that if there's any area of your life that has felt hopeless, it's been under the influence of a lie. And hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. I'm fully convinced. Come on, say out loud, I'm fully convinced. So there was a little girl, I read this story, and there was a little girl around my daughter Finley's age, around 9, 10. I've got four kids, so Brecken's 12, Finley's 10, Daphne is just turned five, and Fox is two. And so there's a little girl, uh, the story's about this little girl who's around nine or 10, and uh, she goes to an amazing church like Word of Life, and they teach fundamental biblical teachings in the kids' ministry. By the way, if you have kids in, in the kids' ministry here, it's not just sing-along karaoke moments. It's not just veggie tale sing-along songs. They're actually learning about Jesus. Come on, somebody, that's good news. And so this church was teaching uh, that specific week about Jonah and the whale. And man, this little girl is fired up. She's so excited about this story. And the teacher's talking about Jonah, and the whole, the whole lesson was uh, that it was on disobedience and how to align yourself with God and be obedient. So she told her parents, she was fired up. Well, the next day she's telling all her friends at public school about Joan and the whale. And they're like, what, this is amazing. They go into class and the teacher says, guess what? Today we're gonna be talking about whales. And she's like, what? Like two days in a row, like I am God's favorite. Like this is amazing. Come on, stay fully convinced. So she's fully convinced. I need you to know that now because she went in fully convinced. So the teacher said a statement it went against what she believed. And she said this, did you know that a whale's esophagus is so small that it would actually be really difficult for a whale to swallow a human being? And she's like, what? So it came time for question and answer, Q&A time. She lifted up her hand. She's like, teacher, what about Jonah and the whale? And the teacher said, Jonah and the whale. And she's like, Jonah and the whale. And the teacher's like, Jonah and the whale. And she's like, Jonah and the whale. The teacher's like, Jonah, like we can do this all day. Like, she's like, okay, so tell me a little bit more. And she's like, Jonah. God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And he said, nope, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going the opposite direction. So God sent the big fish or the whale and swallowed up Jonah for three days. He was in the belly of the whale playing on his iPhone. That's where her theology was a little off. That's okay. And she's like, and then he said, fine, God, I'll do it. I'll be obedient. I'll go. So God had the whale spit him up on the, the shoreline. Jonah in the whale? Her friends are all like, yeah, yeah, because she had been telling about it. Like, she's fully convinced. Say fully convinced. And the teacher's like, honey, where did, you, where did you hear this story from? And she said, the Bible. The teacher said, oh, well, you can't believe fictitious books. Next question. And other kids are asking ridiculous questions, like the whales wear pants, you know, stuff like that. So she's fired up because she's fully convinced. One more time, say fully convinced. So she gets to the end, hand lifted. The teacher said, you've already asked a question. She said, ma'am, this isn't a question. It's a comment. It's a statement. And she said, well, go ahead. And she said, one day, 
when I get to heaven, I'm gonna walk right up to Jonah, shake his hand and ask him what it was like to be in the belly of the whale. Ooh, mic drop, like it's done. <laughs> and the teacher's like, okay, well if you're gonna get sassy like your mom, what if Jonah didn't go to heaven? What if Jonah went to the other place? What if Jonah went to hell? Then what are you gonna do? And the little girl goes, well then you'll have to ask him. All right, come on, y'all, we can have fun in church. Oh, so we're in a series. These scars speak, and I said it a moment ago, because I'm fully convinced that the healing power of God, these are not just stories we read about, but the life-giving power of Jesus and the sacrifice he made for our lives is continuing today. In John 19, at the end of Jesus' life, the soldier pierced the side of Jesus, and the price that Jesus paid he didn't just take on sin. He didn't just take on shame. He didn't just take on disappointment and heartbreak. No, he actually became it. He became all that he knew we would endure and what we would walk through. And there are so many different facets and directions that we could have gone in this specific week. But I believe that the Holy Spirit gave me a word for the house this weekend. And I want you to lean in and press in and ask God to speak to your heart so that we can walk out better than when we came in. Amen, y'all believe that today? Let's pray and then we're gonna dive in. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. In your word in Matthew 18, verse 19 and 20, it says if just two or three of us gather in your name, you would be in the midst of us. So God, today we are grateful that your presence is in this place. Your presence is with those watching online. Your presence is with those at Highland Colony. God, your presence is with us now and we trust you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, come on, somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, this is our opening text. It says this, and I need you to grab this. It says, above all else, that's a big deal. This is a, a moment of prioritizing your schedule and your calendar and your life around this moment. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For everything you do flows from it. I I'm gonna say it again. Above all else, say above all else. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. All of us at some point deal with pain. All of us at some point will deal with hurt. Maybe the loss of a loved one or a friend that you have to walk through and grieve. Maybe a broken relationship. Someone who broke their word and ran out on you. Maybe disappointed you when you counted on them. The list will continue to go on and on, and our prayer throughout this series is that there is a thread of hope that runs throughout this series, that you recognize that these scars, that Jesus took on this pain, he took on everything that we would ever walk through and have walked through, that these scars would continue to speak, and we were believing specifically this weekend that God is gonna restore some broken places. Areas that felt like it's been falling apart will begin to fall into place that God will heal and restore relationships, that God will heal and restore your marriage, your family, that maybe your sons or your daughters who got caught up in the prodigal life will come back home. And I just wanna encourage you again that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. There's this old saying, and actually I was kind of, I kind of grew up with this adage. Oh, it's okay, just fake it till you make it. You ever heard that before? And we're really good in our humanity to just fake it till we make it. We're really good at kind of put on a, a, a fake smile. Like, oh, everything's going good. It's, everything's falling apart. <laughs> we're really good about putting on facades, but here's the reality. In this place of humanity, when we're faking it, there's no healing in that. There's no breakthrough in that faking it place. There's no deliverance in that because the truth is God can't heal, fix, or restore who you pretend to be. And I just want to encourage you this weekend, let your guard down. Live open-handed. Relinquish control. Surrender those broken places and those broken pieces so that God can replace it with his peace. And this weekend, as we position ourselves in a posture of humility and surrender, I believe that God wants to do some surgery and some healing. I believe that some of us have been putting Band-Aids where there needs to be stitches. 
I believe some of us have been covering up pain and dragging broken hearts and dragging toxic situations and toxic thinking and broken hurts all these years. And some of you, I I don't know who this is for, but somebody's going to get their joy back. Somebody's going to start laughing again. Because see, God specializes in the again. Some of y'all are going to get your joy again. Some of y'all are going to start smiling again. Some of y'all are going to start waking up in the mornings and looking in the mirror and have confidence again. Some of y'all are going to start getting boldness that says, devil, you're going to get tired before I do because greater is the one who's been standing with me than the one who's been standing against me. God specializes in the again. Look at the person next to you and say, you're going to get your again. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, and I need somebody to grab this. It says, humble yourself. We love these verses. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, and brother, he'll lift you up. But that's not like a country Kentucky pastor. I'm gonna do that impersonation more often. That was fun. Humble yourself. What a great, what a great charge to us as, as people of God. No, no, humble yourself. Y'all, that's a choice. Humble yourself. Another translation says position yourself. See, there are two types of people that walk into Word of Life every week or watch online every week. You can show up as a spectator, like, what's in it for me? I hope they do a song that I know. Or you can walk in with expectation because the breeding ground uh, uh, of expectation, when you position yourself in expectation, it's the breeding ground for miracles. That posture of expectation sets off a domino effect, a breakthrough and deliverance in people's lives, and I believe in our lives. But humble yourself, that's a choice. Because I've got a loaded statement. I need somebody to grab this. God is not a forcer. He will not force himself on your life. You can lift your hands and you can sing and say, okay, God, go ahead, do what you do. Flex, throw your weight around the room, be a big God. No, 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 no. God is not a forcer, but I'll tell you what he is, is he's a filler. He'll fill every time. You need peace today, make room, he'll fill. You need joy today, make room, he'll fill. You need perseverance and confidence and wisdom and clarity today. You need diligence today. You need a fight today. Come on, some of y'all are gonna get your fight back again. Make room and he'll fill. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand and he will lift you up in due time. I believe that weekend is this weekend. Cast all your anxieties and all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Some things only God, the great physician, can heal the one that can do stitches where there's been band-aids. Psalms 147 verse three says, he heals. This is the great physician. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds, healing their pain, comforting their sorrow. There was a season in my life where I used to approach the presence of God like a a painkiller. Like I would show up and, and his presence was like ibuprofen to a headache. I only prayed and I treated the presence of God like the glass box on the wall that said break in case of emergency. But then I realized that he wanted to heal my entire life, but my posture had to look like surrender. And here's the reality. If you don't heal from what hurt you, you'll bleed on other people that didn't cut you. And so you're walking around dealing with all these old wounds, not realizing that he paid the price for it. And you'll walk around and you'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. So I want to challenge and encourage you in this season, in this specific weekend, to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because what ends up happening, there was a season again in my life where I struggled with insecurity and, and anxiety. And I was constantly stressed out and I had a short fuse and I had no joy. And I realized that when I was trying to fix it in my own strength and I wasn't allowing God to heal me and heal my heart fix areas of my life that I was still carrying baggage from my family and my dynamic of, well, y'all, I don't know what kind of background you come from, but my family looked like Jerry Springer episodes. Like, we were messy. We were five types of crazy. Like, my dad was a drug addict, an alcoholic, cheated all the time, was full of rage, was a hustler, a dealer, doing whatever he had to do to get his fix. See, I was dealt a bad hand right off the get, right out of the get-go. Almost aborted twice. My mom got hit by a drunk driver a few months into pregnancy. They were searching for a heartbeat. She fell down a flight of stairs a few months later, held onto her stomach and broke her back, almost lost me then. See, the enemy was gunning for me when I didn't have a voice. And now I'm kicking the devil in the teeth every day and shouting from the rooftops about what my God has done, that he's healed broken hearts, that he's set us free. 
So do not be anxious. I struggled with this. I struggled with realizing, wait a minute, I'm making this all about me. I'm making this too much about my condition. And I'm not rerouting this back to God. The Bible says in Philippians 4 verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I've learned throughout this journey that I've been on with Jesus the past 20 years that he empowers us daily if we choose to stop walking in our condition and start walking in our position. I don't know who that's for, but stop walking in your condition and start walking in your position because you are a daughter of the living God. You are a son of the living God. Listen, you are not, he does not look down upon you and say, oh, myself, I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> Kathy's super flawed. <laughs> no, he doesn't look at you and call you damaged goods or fragile. And it doesn't mean that you don't have issues and struggles and things you're working through. But you don't have to walk in your condition. You can walk in your position as a king's kid. Look at the person next to you and say, you're a king's kid. Come on, let them know. Now, I wanna encourage you to take down notes. Here at Word of Life, you get amazing content. Your pastor is a brilliant communicator. Your teaching team's incredible. And uh, it, it, like, this is as good as it gets this weekend. Your pastor will be back next weekend, amen. <laughs> but I wanna encourage you to take down notes. Harvard did a study that said if you are a hearer, Harvard Community College, so not quite Harvard. <laughs> it's terrible. Harvard did a study that said if you're a hearer only, you only retain 5% of what you hear. If you're just listening, 5%, that's not a lot. You're gonna be like, I don't know, this guy, wow, Jerry Springer had a really cool beard. That's it, 5%, that's all you got. But if you take down notes in real time, 35%, that's pretty good. But if you take down notes and go back and apply it, your retention rate goes up to 90 to 95%. So if you have an iPhone, pull it out, take down notes. If you have a droid, you can put it on the floor and just kick it under your seat. <laughs> we'll dispose of that later. If you, got, if you have paper and you're old school and you want to take down notes and you don't have a pen, borrow an eyeliner from somebody. But I want you to write this down. Number one, write this down. I encourage you to take down notes. Number one, scars are proof of wounds that once were. Scars are proof that healing took place. The first step in reacting to hurt is to make sure that wounds heal properly because an unaddressed open wound leads to more wounds. That's why hurt people end up hurting more people. My wife had an issue uh, that, uh, that showed up this summer and uh, it was a self-inflicted uh, wound. Now before y'all DM me and start saying, well, I know the right technique and that you can buy a tool on Amazon for that. We already crossed this bridge. People mailed us more than we need. Uh, my wife knows how to remove a pit from an avocado. But when she rushed this moment one day because our golden doodle needed to let out and our two-year-old, he's a little husky little buddy and he's hungry all the time. So she's like, I'm trying to get you the avocado and the other kids were yelling. And she tried to take the pit out and the pit flipped out and she stabbed a butcher knife almost all the way through her hand. Like it bruised the top of her hand because she went all the way in and pulled it out. It was like, huh? like it's too much. Ooh, you're almost getting lightheaded talking about it. So my son calls me, he's freaking out. He's like, dad, mom, I think hurt herself pretty bad. Now my wife is like super strong. Like she comes from a long line of strong people. Like her brother holds, uh, uh, he's still number one in the Air Force for most push-ups in a minute, 127 push-ups in a minute. Like these, they're all like G.I. Joe dolls. They're all just super jacked. Like she has the strength of four men and if she's mad, it's worse. Like, like there's this, this is a story where I was leaving town and we had just put together like this big bookshelf and it's, a, it's definitely a team lift scenario. I'm like, hey babe, I know you're like Kim Possible with your red hair and all that stuff, but don't carry that upstairs and don't try to get, like I'll, I'm landing tomorrow night, I'll come back and we'll carry that. And she's like, okay. I was like, I need you to promise me. She's like, I'm not promising you anything. I'm like, you need to look at me in the eyes and promise me, G.I. Jane, take it easy and promise. She's like, I'm good. I walk in the house that next night and the, it's gone. She had put a rope around it and put that joint on her back and carried it up the step, she's just super strong. So when Brecken says she hurt herself, I'm like, she's good. She'll put duct tape on it. She's fine. Like, she's country. She's good. And I got home, and it was bad. 
It was really bad. And so she had to start walking out this process of healing. Now she could have dismissed it and said, no big deal, but no, no, no. We went to the doctor and then they said, we're gonna have to schedule surgery. And it was super intricate. Two and a half hours of sewing microscopically the nerves and the tendons back together to get mobility and feeling back. And they said, hey, the nerve is gonna take time to heal. It's one millimeter per day. It's gonna take months and even years to get feeling back. You have to walk out the process. She didn't midway through surgery jump off the table and say, good enough. You know, a lot of times we do that. A lot of times we get impatient with the process. And I've learned throughout the years that if I rush it, I ruin it. And a lot of times God is trying to align people and God's trying to align a good local church like Word of Life Church to help promote healing in your life. But a lot of times we don't like to walk out the process. You can't microwave maturity and you can't microwave this process. Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes God shows up and heals you in a moment. Sometimes he'll work and fight for you and heal you in a moment. But here's the reality. He is the healer. He is the way maker. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he will either be in the fire or he'll rescue you from the fire, but he is with you. But sometimes we have to walk out the process. One of the coolest parts about this was the doctor said it would take months and years for a lot of this to heal back, so the scar ends up setting in. It's it's wild, and we pray, God, let what they said to, would take months and years, take seconds, minutes, and days, and weeks, and I'm telling you, supernaturally, what they told her would take six months, in five, six weeks, God showed up, and he healed her. Come on, somebody. Why are you telling us all that? Because there was a process of healing, and something that my wife had to learn in the middle of it, she had to learn that she needed people in the middle of it. She, she needed people in the middle of it to lift her arm. She needed us because she was at, wasn't at 100%. And I don't know who this is for, but, but some of y'all, you haven't taken the time to heal and you haven't taken time to even connect, maybe hear a word of life or connect maybe even in a life group or connect in the area of serving. And so what's ended up happening is you found yourself almost in a figure eight. You just bounced from broken relationship to broken relationship, from toxic relationship to toxic relationship, and you seem to just be caught in this figure eight cycle. And I believe this weekend God wants to break that off of your life and break you out of that figure eight so that you can get back on firm ground and walk out better than when you came in. My wife realized, she said, babe, I need, I need some help. The scar is, is painful and I need, I, I need you to help. I need the kids to, to help out. And now all these months later, like she's, she's stronger and she still has the scar to prove what she went through because again, scars are proof of wounds that once were. I wanna encourage you, at the end of last month, you guys here at Word of Life, you guys kicked back off life groups. How many of y'all are part of life groups? Come on, wave at me if you're part of, okay, amazing. See, Word of Life Church, between the two uh, uh, local campuses and the online campus, is large enough to make a massive dent to do some serious damage to the kingdom of darkness. It's large enough to serve a city, but life groups make this church small enough to get to know you. And I wanna encourage you, don't do life alone. You wanna unlock healing in the area of brokenness. You want God to show up and fight for you and heal broken hearts. And there, are, there will be someone in that group, there will be someone that you serve alongside that will say, hey, I've been there. I know what you're walking through. And let me tell you how God set me free. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. But the reality is you have to position yourself and the enemy loves isolation. All the lockdowns and hiding and stay away froms and watch online and don't show back up and don't be around people. The enemy loved the isolation moments because he doesn't want you to go very far. I love this quote, if you wanna go somewhere fast, go alone. If you wanna go somewhere far, go together. If you wanna unlock healing in your life, don't do life alone. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17 that iron sharpens iron as one man or woman sharpens another. One of my favorite verses on a miracle that took place in the Bible, the paraplegic in Mark chapter two, this guy's laying on the mat. These four guys walk by. Now we don't know theologically if they were best friends, if they were Facebook friends or Instagram friends. We don't, they, they connected with this guy on MySpace. We don't know. Like, that's, that's not in the Bible. That's, that's social media. If you're watching online, this isn't a room full of mannequins. They just, they're not laughing with me just yet. Okay, you're with me, you're back again. 
So Mark 2, this guy's laying on the mat, and these guys walk by, and this is what we know. They were moved with compassion. They say there's been a decline in Christianity in America. There's two things that have been dying in Christianity the past 10 years. Number one is passion. People are no longer hungry for the things of God. And number two, they're no longer compassionate. They don't see other people because they've gotten caught in only recognizing their own issues and flaws. So these guys walk by and they say, hey, hey man, uh, Jesus is doing a, a life group just right down the street here in this house. Like, like, we just need to get you over there. And he said, man, I'm, I'm in a low place. Like, I can't do anything. I can't even move. And they said, cool, cool. Everybody grab a corner. And they grab each corner of this mat, and they start walking him towards this house. They go up to the front door. They can't get in because the house is packed. They can't get in the back door because the house is, is, is packed. They can't get in the windows because the house is packed. And they could have said, hey, man, Jesus will be here next week, same time, same place. Just lay around here. We got to go catch a movie. No, 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 with audacious faith, they said, let's, why don't we climb up on top of the roof? Now, if you know about the housing in that part of the world, they layer tile after tile after tile to, 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 to build the, the roofs over there. So like six, seven inches of, uh, of tile uh, shelving on top of these houses. Th this was not a quiet ordeal. Like, boom, they're busting through. Can you imagine like Jesus is in there uh, 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 talking and speaking in parables, which sometimes to the disciples, I know they were confusing. Like some of these parables, y'all don't even know what, you just would like, I will bless the Lord, amen. I'm salty, amen. Like he's like, listen, if a hen and a half laid an egg and a half and an hour and a half, how long does it take a monkey with a wooden leg to kick the seeds out of a dill pickle? They're like, we don't know Jesus. Like he's, and so they lower this man where Jesus is speaking. Watch this. And he turns and says, you are made whole. And then he says this. It is the faith of your friends. There was audacious faith. There was a sun stand still sort of audacious faith that said, if we can just get our friend near Jesus, his story will change. And I want to encourage you, don't do life alone. God uses relationships and people to unlock breakthrough and healing. Look at the person next to you and say, you got a friend in me. Come on, just tell them. Oh, so y'all sing good. Jesus said this in Matthew 11, verse 28. Watch, it says, then Jesus said, come to me. That's a choice. That's a posture. That's a positioning. Come to me, all who are weary. Watch this. Who carry heavy burdens. Who carry heavy loads, another translation says. And it says this, and I will give you rest. I believe from week one of these scars speak when Pastor Joel began to preach the word, the Word of Life Church is entering into a season, a rhythm of rest. Do y'all believe that? In the, in the midst of everything being so uncertain, the thing that is certain is Jesus. God, I thank you for rest in a rhythm of rest here at Word of Life. Here's another important note to make is you have to recognize the season that you're in. My brother was born without a hip socket. And the doctor told my parents, he'll never run right, he'll never play sports, he'll never walk right, like this is bad. And there was a specialist at Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio, who said, hey, I have an idea. I've heard about this procedure, and they built this little makeshift cast for my brother, and they put him in this, this little apparatus called an incubator. And this incubator began to promote healing. Now, this is 44 years ago. And they, they believed with, with, with medicine and medical technology that something was gonna happen and form this hip socket that he did not have. See, we didn't believe in God. They, my parents called God higher power, big man upstairs. Like, we were afraid of God. Like, people like us avoided God because of lightning bolts. I think when you're living that messy, you don't go outside when it's stormy, you know what I mean? And so they put my brother in this incubator and after a period of a few months, he not only came out better, but he came out completely and totally whole. My brother's never had an issue. Walks straight, walks great, plates, can't beat me in basketball, but he even walks really cool. Like he even has a cool, because God completely healed him in this incubator season. The incubator promoted healing. Some of you are in this place. Some of you are watching online and you're in an incubator season. You're in the process of healing. But let me encourage you, don't hide out and find yourself in isolation. In the process of healing, you can still serve. In the process of healing, you can still be a part of a life group. In the process of healing, you can still be a part of this amazing family. Because then what ends up happening is you step outside of the incubator season and you step into the accelerator season. 
And the accelerator season is you put your foot on the gas and you launch and you're propelled into your purpose and the assignment that's on your life. Come on, say out loud, that's good news. Come on. I was uh, in Memphis. I didn't want to be. <laughs> Most people don't want, just want to be in Memphis. If you're watching online, you're from Memphis. I love you, truly, but... Uh, I didn't want to be in Memphis, and I got a booking request to go preach in Memphis, but the same exact time, I got a booking request to go to Miami. <laughs> That's where I wanted to be. Like, I told my wife, I was like, hey, what are you doing in two weeks? And she's like, I don't know what you're doing. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know. I was like, we're going to Miami. Like, <laughs> we're going to, I'm going to preach. We're going to be on the beach. Like, we're going to Miami. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you crazy. I'm like, we're going to Miami. I was excited. We're, we're setting it all up. We're going to Miami. And then she says, hey, 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 real quick. Did you read the other booking request that came in? I said, which one? She said, Memphis. I said, mm-mm. That's a familiar spirit trying to dupe us, get us off track. We're supposed to go to Miami. Amen. <laughs> like, you know when the Lord has spoken, we're going to Miami. And she said, ah, I think you need to read that one. I said, you read it. She's like, go read it. And I read this, and it's, it starts off really like, hey, we're a really small church, not even sure how many people will, will be in attendance. I'm like, Lord, send someone else, someone who's willing to go, a willing vessel, God. I'm praying them in now. <laughs> like, someone that is on site, that has insight, send them from Memphis to go bless these people. And I keep reading it, and they said, every time we pray, the Lord says to bring in Daniel, that there's going to be a breakthrough anointing in a worship night, and when he preaches, we believe that miracles are gonna break out. Would you pray and consider? We don't even know what we can give you, but would you pray and consider? And I heard the Lord say, you need to go to Memphis. And I said, you get thee behind me, devil. You I know that God is not deceiving me. I know he's not deceiving me, because we're going to Miami. I've already packed, we're going to Miami. So I walk out, I said, hey babe, we're going to Miami. And she said, I feel like we're supposed to go to Memphis. I said, you can go to Memphis. So we bought tickets, and then we landed in Memphis. <sighs> we didn't go to Miami. So we showed up to this little church. Technology was rough. The mics were feeding back. They could, I was like, can I get more of this mic? And they would turn up that mic. I'd be like, okay, I'll just take this one. Like, and it was frustrating from the get-go. Like, it was bad from the start. We start meeting people that were starting to come in, and I met this lady and her daughter. And they... Most of the people in the room acted like they were court ordered to be there. Like they did not want to be there. Like somebody made us come here. Like, like nobody acted like they wanted to be there, including this girl, 17 years old. I said to her, I said, what, what, what's your deal? Cause she just had a bad attitude. She's like, nothing. I was like, you act like you want to fight me. Like, I was like, <laughs> and she was wearing all black. She had drawn like mascara teardrops on her face. And I said, well, why are you here? And she said, well, cause she made me come. I said, we have something in common cause my wife made me come here. <laughs> so we're cool now, like all is well. Like, so we are talking and while we're talking, she's pulling up her sleeves and she's talking and I start noticing those cuts all over her arms. Self-affliction, lines, new ones, old ones, scars. I mean, her arms were marked up. And she saw that I saw it, so she, pulled her sleeves down real quick and went and got in her seat. And we went in the back and we prayed. And I said, guys, I believe God is gonna do some miracles tonight. There's not that many people out there, but who cares? Heaven's about to touch earth, amen? And we're gonna get caught in between here in Memphis. And then we're gonna eat Memphis barbecue and we're gonna bounce, amen. So we're in the middle of this service and I heard the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John 14, 26, that before Jesus ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father, he left the Holy Spirit here as our comforter, our helper who helps. I wanna encourage you today, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. Just so you know, some might say it's an intuition or a gut check or a feeling, but the Holy Spirit is always speaking. But the truth is, we allow life and the noise of life to muddy the waters of our ability to hear. So make room this month, get rid of some things and some toxic thinking even some relationships that you shouldn't be in alignment with and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak again. That was for somebody. I haven't said that in any of the other services. But in the middle of the service, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to say, I'm healing a broken heart. I'm doing internal healing emotionally, but it's gonna reflect in the external and everybody in the room is gonna know that my hand has moved. At the end of the service, as God is my witness, we're standing there. This isn't stretched at all. 
The mom walks up and she's full on panicking and she kept calling me Bishop over and over. She's like, Bishop, Bishop, I need to talk to you, Bishop. I need to. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? She said, explain this. Her daughter has cried all her makeup off, all her little teardrops, they're all gone. And her daughter pulls her sleeves up and y'all, as sure as I'm standing here, every line, every cut and every scar was completely gone. God showed up and he completely healed her. Like we read about these stories, we see these stories in the Bible. We, we see the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew chapter nine, verse 20, healed. We see blind Bartimaeus healed. We see where God raised up and healed Lazarus. But do we, do we see it in our own lives? Do we see it in the people we love? And, and I'll be honest, I contend for miracles. I preach signs, wonders, and miracles, but I said, whoa! <laughs> it, it was amazing, it was exciting. And I begin to ask her her story, and I need you to hear me. She was living with and dealing with a broken heart. She said, five years ago on my birthday, my dad went out to get a bag of ice and never came home. I went to my bathroom and I heard this voice say, the only way to ease the pain is to cut. And as she was talking, she pulled her sleeve up and there was one scar left right here. And I said, whoa, 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 what's this one? Because they were all gone. And she said, that's the first time I cut myself. That's the first time I cut myself when my dad left and I heard the Lord say, tell her I left that one to show her that I'm faithful. You know, she is a leader in this amazing church in Memphis. She has before and after pictures. She talks about how she went from broken to beautiful, from broken to breakthrough. Don't tell me God won't do it. I'm telling you, it's only crazy until it happens. She said, I never really understood trust and I never trusted God because my dad broke my trust. I've carried a broken heart, so why would I trust a heavenly father if my real father, my earthly dad, left me? But she said, I realize tonight that my heavenly father is enough. The Bible says this, Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, trust in the Lord with a little bit of your heart. What's this say? No, no, shout that out. With trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. See, she rerouted her worry. She rerouted that heartbreak and put it in the arms of God. And here's the reality. Isaiah 61, three says to take off the heaviness, to take off the burdens and replace it with a garment of praise. Now, the truth is there's three different, there's three different uh, uh, life cycles that we walk through. You're either surviving life you're either sinking in life or you're thriving in life. And I believe part of this, this incredible series when we're talking about the, the price that Jesus walked through for us, number one, scars are proof that healing took place. Number two, write this down, our scars tell a story, but the story is up to us. You can keep it to yourself all that God has done or you can shout from the rooftops of your process of healing of what God has been doing. See, I tell my story all the time. I tell my story all the time about how a lady ministered to my mom in a grocery store and invited her to church. Thank God for people that still talk about Jesus who invited my mom to church. My mom showed up to church in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, with no air conditioning and didn't find religion. That's a waste of time. She found relationship. God began to heal her broken heart. God began to heal her insecurities and inadequacies. God began to fill the voids of all the broken places that my dad just kept, just kept pushing and breaking promises and just kept inflicting pain on my family. My mom aligned herself under the mighty hand of God and God began to do a miracle in her life and my family life, our family's life. Our scars tell a story, but the story is up to us. I need you to hear this and I need somebody to grab this and maybe you're watching online. I need you to hear this. You are chosen by God. I mean chosen, like shaped and molded in his image. You're not undervalued. You're not overlooked. You're not a mistake. You're not damaged goods or fragile. He knows you by name. He calls you by name. Me, almost aborted twice. This chaotic situation I was born into, he knew me by name. Faithful to complete the work he started in all of us from the moment of conception. He knows you by name. He spoke everything into existence except you. He said stars here, water here, everything except you. No, no, he shaped and molded you and his image. That's why I teach my kids to see color. 
That's why I see, talk to my kids about seeing culture because culture is beautiful and color is beautiful. I tell my kids all the time, if you don't see color, we are not a family that says we're colorblind because I want my kids to see color because I want them to see the image of God and I want them to see all the beauty that God has created all over this world. So I love, I love my kids, my, my kids, my ki- all their friends are diverse. And, and it's, one of their friends will be like, well, I'm colorblind. They'll be like, well, you are not. We see color. And the little girl's like, no, I literally can't see any color. It's like, I'm I'm like, okay, that backfired on us. But we teach our kids that you're created, shaped, and molded. Come on, say it out loud. Close your eyes and just say, I'm chosen. No, 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 I need you to to grab this. Some of you have felt duct taped and super glued back together. You are chosen by God. You deserve healing. You are valuable. You are not overlooked. You are not a mistake. You would be missed if you were no longer here. I don't know what lie the enemy has told you that people would be better off without you. Maybe this broken heart has made you go down a path of wandering through depression and insecurity. Maybe you have contemplated suicide. I haven't talked about this in any other service. But I want you to know that you are chosen, that you are loved, you are valuable. And like a daddy to a daughter and a father to a son, he sees you. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, but you are the ones chosen by God. Again, this isn't my opinion, this is the Bible. You're chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Again, you never have to have a microphone. You never have to sing. No, God has a plan, a purpose, and an assignment on your life. That's why the enemy is gunning for you. That's why the enemy is trying to take you out. No, no, he's, he's honestly just wearing you out because he knows there's a plan and a purpose, and if he can rip you off, he not only rips you off, but rips all the people off that are connected to your assignment. There's a plan and a purpose. You are chosen as God's instrument, a holy people, to do his work and speak out for him. So listen, our scars tell a story, but the story is up to us to tell the night and day difference that he's made in you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. See, I shout from the rooftops about God's miraculous power, how I am night and day See, when Marvin Sapp released that song, never should have made it, never could have made it without how you, I would have lost it all, but now I see you were there for me, and I say, I'm better, come on, I'm wiser, I'm stronger, and I get up every day and look in the mirror and say, devil, you're going to get tired before I do because there is a call and a boldness on my life. Night and day, nothing to something, rejected to accepted. Your, sc- your, your scars are telling stories, but the story is up to you. Are you telling people about what God has done? Are you telling people about the night and day difference that he's made in you, even in the process of where you're at? God will use your story because your story matters. Revelation 12, 11 says, the blood of the lamb's the word of your testimony. Maybe you have a squeaky clean life. Maybe you've only watched Left Behind and Fireproof and you only listen to Christian music. You're like, I've never even sworn. Some of you can put entire sentences together with swear words. <laughs> so maybe your story's a little more ratchet and messy. It doesn't matter, your story matters. So in the process of God healing you and restoring you and delivering you, Your scars will tell a story, but the story is up to you. My scars tell my story, and I tell it as much as I can and as often as I can. How my dad got set free, healed, and delivered. How he went from rage and cheating and angry and addiction to set free, made whole, and an amazing grandpa, an amazing husband, an amazing dad. Come on, somebody give God praise with me. I never would have been on this stage if God wouldn't have showed up and fought for us. So number three, because I know this full well, number three, the scars of Jesus continue to speak. Whether it was the crown of thorns, the spear in the side, and as we continue out throughout this series, the scars of Jesus continue to speak. The scars of Jesus continue to speak because he was wounded so that we may be whole, so that we may be whole, that we may have freedom and boldness and perseverance and the power of God's presence comes in your life and over your life when you become a son and a daughter, when you ask him to be your savior, I'll give you an opportunity at the end if you don't know him. His scars continue to tell the story 
of his faithfulness in our lives. And even though we're going to walk through storms, even though life is heavy, Jesus himself reminded us in John 16, 33, he said, listen, I've told you these things that you would have peace because in this world, you're going to have trouble. How many of y'all have had some struggles? Like you've had some, I mean, 2020 was just one big, <laughs> and in 2021, we're like, it's going to be better. And it's like, dear Lord, it's the same, except a little bit weirder. <laughs> like now in this world, you're going to have stuff go on. In this world, you're gonna have trouble. But he says this, but take heart. He's saying, be of good courage. D don't lose the wind behind your sail because the wind is rarely at our back making life easier. A lot of times it's in our face making us stronger. So have courage, be bold, be brave. Wake up and know who you are and whose you are. Because here's the reality, I have over come the world. Jesus said, I've conquered it. And if I've conquered it, you can. And the price I paid was for your life. Stand to your feet as we bring this in for a landing. Jesus, the scars continue to speak. So my loaded question for you is, do, does his scars speak through your life? If your scars and what you've walked through prove that there has been healing that has happened, the scars you have walk through the, in the storms you've walked through, are, are Jesus' scars speaking through your life? Colossians chapter three, verse 17 says it this way, in whatever you do and whatever you say, you do it as a representative of Jesus. Everything you do, everything you say, that's loaded. You do it as a representative of Jesus. Even with blemishes, even with some struggles, even with some things going on that you know, I, got, I still gotta get set free from this. God is still with you. He is still for you. And his scars will continue to speak through you. But it's a choice. Last quick story, and then we're gonna, we're gonna be done. Uh, my wife and I were preaching in, uh, right outside of Toggleville, Alabama. And uh, there's a little spot called Prattville, Alabama. It's a corridor between Montgomery and Birmingham. And there's a place called uh, Books A Million. It's like a Barnes and Noble. And uh, I guess it, it, it's the, the busiest store in the nation. Like hundreds of people come and go uh, through, through this specific store. And so my wife's like, babe, let's go over there. We were doing worship and I was preaching at this Word of Faith conference, eight days of glory, which was eight days of just wearing you out. Like it was morning and night. Y'all know how those nights go. Those old school nights are like, we're gonna be in here for four hours. I'm like, my God, we're like we're gonna tarry until the Lord shows up. I'm like, where's Terry? Like, who is this person? So I was exhausted, day seven. Jackie's like working, she's administrator, working for a minute. And I'm I'm like coloring in a coloring book. Like I'm just gone, I'm so tired. And, and have you ever known uh, or noticed someone when they just kind of glance at you like, hey, or when they just stare at you? And it's so awkward, you're like, they don't break eye contact, like you look back at them and they just keep staring. You're like, okay, this is, you might be a stalker. Like you're weird and this is freaking me out. So this girl that's working at Cup of Joe, she's wiping the counter down and she's just staring at us. And I'm like, hey, babe. She's like, uh-huh. I said, do you notice the girl that's over there? And she said, yeah. I said, do you have your pepper spray? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, we're always like, we're just ready. You know, I'm wearing my surroundings. And she said, I do, but stop it. And I said, babe, she's freaking me out. She said, maybe she recognizes you from the conference. I said, that, that's ridiculous. You're right. So I'm like, and she's just like this. And I'm like, hey. And she's like, and I was like, nope, that's not it. Like, she, she's just bizarre. Like, so this is, this is lasting about 25, 30 minutes and I'm over it. I'm like, let's go, let's just go somewhere else. Like <laughs> anywhere else, I'm angling my chair. And I, I can't, like a moth to a flame. I can't not look at her to see if she's still looking at us and she's just locked like a mannequin. I'm like, oh, this is unbelievable. So finally she, she moves over to the table next to us and she's wiping that table down. So I'm like, do you have your pepper spray? Shake it up, like do you have it, shake it. My wife's like, stop it. So then she puts her rag down and kind of aggressively steps over and goes, hi. And we're like, hey, hey there. And she goes, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but for the past 25 minutes, I've just been watching you. And my wife, like, it was amazing, like in perfect rhythm and syncopation, we were like, who us? Like you were, I'm like, I'm like hiding the pepper spray. Like, so you've been watching, why us? Like, I need to know, because you fully creeped us out. Like, this is her words. I'm not stretching this. I need you to hear this. I truly believe that God will send us across people's paths. Romans chapter two, verse four 
said it's the goodness and love of God that will draw a man's heart to freedom. We didn't pull in the parking lot listening to Lecrae and Andy Minio. I didn't walk in with a shirt that said Spirit instead of Sprite. My wife didn't have a, a hat on that said need prayer, ask me how. It was just Dan and Jackie, just two people. But because Jesus' scars speak through our lives and there's a residue of freedom on our lives, when we walked into the room, this is what she said, I don't know why you two came here. And I was like, I do, I'm exhausted. Like, I just wanna sit here and chill and drink some coffee. She said, I, I don't know why you two thought you came here. This is the busiest store in the nation. People come and go, I see hundreds of people come and go. Her words, this is what she said. But when you two walked in, the whole atmosphere changed. The whole atmosphere shifted when you two walked in and it, it caught my attention. And my wife didn't say, well, I'm not surprised. We're men and women of the cloth. Like, we didn't get weird about it. I didn't stand up with a handful of anointing oil and just smack her with it. I'm like, be blessed. Like, we didn't have to be weird at all. Like, just standing. I was like, okay, okay, God, you're in this. You're doing something right now. You, you said, we could have gone anywhere else. You let us here. Her words, I've hated God every day of my life since I was 14 until 25 minutes ago. When you two walked in, I feel like you came here to show me hope again, to show me that God loves me and that I don't know why you came here. My wife stood up and said, hey, 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 listen, I know why we came here. You're right. We came here for you. And the girl began to process with us. She was carrying around all this heaviness and baggage from a broken heart. Her dad was in ministry. She talked about how amazing he was and said he would, he would drink a bottle, a, a fifth of, of, of Jack Daniels whiskey at night after he would get done preaching and beat my sister, my brother, my mom and me up, apologize and go right back to preaching again. And I've hated God and I've hated the local church and I've hated leadership and I've just been running, bound with addiction and all kinds of struggle because my heart is broke. I'm broken. She said, no one's ever gonna love me. I avoid people. My wife said, can I hug you? She said, don't touch me. I don't let anybody touch me. My wife said, it's okay. Listen, we're gonna pray. I'm not surprised you walked over here because my husband and I, we're gonna pray. And God's about to heal your heart. He's, a, he's about to set you free. And we came here on an assignment. Jesus' scars were speaking through us. The pain that he endured, the power of the cross, the power of his spirit was about to be released in books a million in Prattville. And in real time, right when we were about to pray, this real belligerent guy, like I'm sanctified, Whew, but I live in Houston. Like, you know, people cut you off and give you the Houston thumbs up with the wrong finger every day. Like I'm constantly in a state of like, my, my God, I repent. My God, I'm sanctified, but you know, so he's like, can somebody make me a latte? I'm like, shut your mouth. Just, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Like we're about to pray. So you just take us, take it easy. Take it easy. I said, just a second. Our friend here is about to get set free. So a bunch of people just kind of started standing around and we begin to pray. God, I pray that you would put stitches where there's been band-aids. God, that she would know that you didn't run out on her, that you've never forsaken her, that you've never abandoned her, that your healing power would heal this broken heart. And as she trades in these broken pieces, replace it with the peace that surpasses all understanding that guards not only her heart, but her mind. Give her joy, give her strength, and unlock hope in her right now. Y'all, she went from angry, face contorted and broken to set free, full of joy, fell in my wife's arms and she serves at an amazing church in Prattville, Alabama today. God showed up, reversed her situation and healed her storm and healed her broken heart. She had a pack of cigarettes she had just bought. She's like, I'm, I'm totally free. I can tell I'm free. What should I do with these? And I was like, let's throw them out. She said, it's a $6 pack. I've only smoked one of them. Let's give them away. I was like, no, we're not going to give them away. Mess up the whole moment. Like, completely and totally set free. God healed her of walking around with a limp, just surviving and sinking in life because she was carrying the baggage of brokenness. 
Jesus paid for all of that. With your eyes closed just for a moment, God, I pray today that the power of your spirit would meet every single person in this room, Highland Colony online, every single person that maybe just stumbled upon this sermon on YouTube or Facebook. God, I pray right now that the power of your spirit is meeting each and every one of us where we're at. You know, sometimes forgiveness and forgiving others, you're like, well, I've done that. I've forgiven other people, but sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. And I don't know, maybe you're like Daniel, you're talking about all these broken moments and broken places, but the truth is I'm the one that inflicted the pain. I've struggled to forgive myself. The Bible says in Psalms 51.10, create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God, I pray today as they cast these cares on you and they release this shame, this heaviness, the burden they've been carrying. God, I pray right now, you said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And the second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's really difficult to love out of an empty place. It's really difficult to love our neighbor when we haven't first received that love ourselves. God, I pray today that they would receive that forgiveness themselves. Now, right now, will you lift your hands, not like this, but like this, open-handed? And some of you, just I feel this in my spirit, just begin to release some burdens. Some of y'all have been carrying around shame from six, seven, eight years old. You've been carrying this brokenness. Maybe you were the victim of abuse. Maybe your heart has been troubled, and maybe you haven't been able to let go of it. God, I pray today that your healing power would again put stitches where we've been putting band-aids. Great physician, Holy Spirit, move right now. I pray, God, that that joy breaks out in families. I pray, God, today that restoration breaks out in families. And the first part of restoration is rest. I pray, God, for rest in hearts and minds. I pray, God, for hope, for peace. I pray, God, for breakthrough and deliverance. I I pray, God, for that person that's been self-medicating and got caught up in prescription drug abuse because of the pain they endured as a young person. God, I pray right now that addiction breaks off today. Supernaturally, God, you're healing and restoring and delivering. And God, for those hearts that have been broken, maybe that person has ran out on them and lied to them, and they just haven't rebounded. They just haven't bounced back. God, I pray today for the bounce back. That setback, setting them up for a comeback. And I pray, God, right now that the power of your spirit is restoring hope and peace. God is healing some families. I don't know who this is for, but pick up the phone today and call that sister, call that brother, call that mom, that dad, and just tell them, you may have to initiate the, hey, it's been too long since we've talked and I just want you to know I love you, but I I feel like there's breakthrough and deliverance in families specifically. God, I pray right now for healing. I pray, God, that you are putting them back on a path, God, that you are ordaining and leading their steps. Create in us, God, a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within us today. You can put your hands down as we completely bring this in for a landing. The reason we do all of this, the reason why Word of Life opens the doors weekly at multiple locations and online is because people matter to God, so they matter to us. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. Ultimately, discover your purpose and then end up making a difference because of the assignment and the call that's on your life. But you may be here and you say, Daniel, the truth is I've endured brokenness and the crown of thorns and the spear in the side and all that. The truth is I don't know Jesus. The reason we do all of this, the only thing that's certain in an uncertain time is Jesus. He is our rock. He is our foundation. The reason we sing songs, the reason we do all of this is because of Jesus I'm gonna count to three, and if you're watching online, you can say yes to Jesus. If you're at Highland Colony, you can say, you can lift your hand in just a moment. When I count to three, I want you to put your hand up and say, Daniel, today's my day. I wanna surrender my life to Jesus. I'm gonna give my life to him today. Here at Word of Life, we don't pray prayers for symbolic reasons. We're not gonna just pray to pray. Romans 10, verse nine and 10 says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. It's God's job to change you, but you do have a next step. Pastor Brian will give you that next step in a minute to help you be discipled and walk out what your next step is as a daughter and a son. But one, I wanna give my life to God. Two, today's my day that I wanna rededicate my life. I got caught up in the prodigal life. 
been living reckless, been living for me, but today's the day I wanna rededicate my life. Today, on the 19th of September, today is my day. Three, if that's you, lift up your hand. I'm looking all over the room. I see hand, 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 hand. All the way up in the balcony, hands all over. I see you. All the way in the back, ma'am, I see you. I see you over here. You can put your hands down. Anybody else? I see you, buddy. I see you. Anybody else? You say, Daniel, today's my day. Because I know that the first step in my heart being healed and the first step to restoration in my life is Jesus. Anybody else, before we pray, wave at me. Daniel, you're talking about me. I'm looking all over the room one more time. I see you. Awesome, let's pray. Pray this prayer. Everybody in the room and online, everybody pray this prayer. Highland Colony, everybody, our worship team, all of us, we're gonna say this together. Jesus, it's me. I've been living for me and it hasn't worked. But from today on, I choose to live for you. I ask for your forgiveness. Create in me a pure heart and heal me from all my brokenness. From today on, I choose to live for you. You are my Father, you are my Savior, and my Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody, can you give God praise all over the room? Now come on, praise Him because a bunch of people just got set free. Come on, lift your hands one more time, one more time towards heaven. Surrendering everything. Jesus, I thank you for a renewed confidence. Isaiah 40, verse 31 in the Amplified says, those that wait, look for, expect, and hope in him will gain new strength. I thank you for new strength. Throughout this series, I thank you for new strength and renewed power. The word renew literally means to reset, to restart, to begin again. I thank you for a reset, a restart, a fresh wind behind our sails. As we grow in you, God, I pray, Lord, that the power of your spirit will continue to empower us to walk in our position and not our condition. As we trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name.